being told she may never walk, talk, or read again after a devastating hemorrhagic stroke, rising star Jan Burrell defiantly proved the doctors wrong. Through fierce perseverance and tapping into her creative passions, Jan transformed her profound disability into new opportunities to uplift others. Tune into this episode and discover Jan's inspirational methods for reclaiming your dreams, no matter what the challenges of life throws at you. This episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show is brought to you by Lead Machine, the step-by-step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you struggling to get leads from your lead magnet? Are you tired of seeing low conversion rates and losing potential customers? It's time to revive your lead magnet and start attracting more leads. Download our free report, 10 Deadly Lead Magnet Mistakes That Are Costing You Leads, and learn how to create a high-converting lead magnet that engages your audience and drives conversions. Don't let common mistakes hold you back any longer. Revive your lead magnet today and download your free report at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash deadly. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show, where you will discover how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Paul Guyen, the mastermind behind the Lead Machine, introduces you to trailblazers who inspire you to implement life-changing solutions and systems you can model to nurture your leads and get your offers seen by your ideal clients who will invest in themselves and you. Be sure you visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, tune in and get ready to transform your vision into reality. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show. I'm Paul Guyon, your host, Lead Machine Coach, and the founder of the Lead Machine Mastermind Group. I'm dedicating to helping you tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. So whether you're just starting out or looking to take your business to the next level, let's get this conversation started and turn your dreams into reality. Jan Burrell, author, is a hemorrhagic stroke survivor who recently attained her master's uh, in creative writing at Southern New Hampshire University, graduating summa cum laude. Wow. She is now an international motivational speaker on stroke, trauma, brain, injury, and never giving up. Her interests are animals, anything dragons, writing, gardening, baking sweet treats, which is my favorite, Travel, crocheting, oil painting, drawing, and making people smile. She resides in rural northern uh, New York with her dog, Tippy. Her first children's book in a series, Tippy's New Friends, about Tippy, Lana, and a lonely white dragon, is out in bookstores and online. She's also completing a post-stroke memoir. Her poems have appeared in numerous e-zines and compilations, and she says, being a disabled older person, I've been trying to find jobs for two years with no success. But age comes with wisdom and disabled is not handicapped. The stroke might have taken her mobility, but not her creativity. Her favorite thing to tell people is make every day an extraordinary day, which is a, a fabulous way to an attitude to have. So Janet, welcomes. I'm so, so uh, honored to have you here today. 
as we were talking before the show, uh, we we both have some experiences with strokes in our families. And so how did how did this all start? And what was the spark that changed everything for you? Well, hello, Paul. Nice to be with you today. Um, mm -hmm. I was a farmer and we were selling vegetables and I was baking and at times would make up to 90 loaves of bread and rolls and uh, cookies, shortbread, all that. Up uh -huh. to 90 of them, though, in wow. one day. That was just one day. And we were doing six farmer's markets a week. So between the baking and the harvesting and the weeding and everything else, I was getting two to three hours of sleep a night. Ah. And my brain said enough. It, <laughs> it tried to stop me five years ago with five years before this with uh, three heart attacks in one day, but I didn't listen. Mm. So guess what? This got my attention. Yeah. So um, it was, it was, it was horrible. I lost three days completely. I was taken over to Burlington on a helicopter, which I have always wanted to go for a helicopter ride. And I don't remember it. Isn't that, you know, figures. Oh my God. But, um, <laughs> yeah. 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 But my daughter flew in from Colorado and was there for me when I came to, and I couldn't speak more than maybe one or two words a minute because they just wouldn't form in my head the right way. Yeah. But I worked on that in rehab. I was in rehab for six weeks. They did manage to teach me how to walk with a semi quad. No, uh, you know what a walker is. This is half the size of a walker and you can hold it with one hand and motivate yourself along. Oh, okay. Yeah. But not for far, not very far because it was a heavy thing. And my whole body was a mess, not to mention I was stubborn and wanted to go to the bathroom myself without a nurse. And I fell off the toilet. <laughs> go figure. So I learned I needed help. Um, after a year, surprisingly, I could walk with a quad cane. I could talk a little bit better, but not well, because my association was off. I'd see a picture of something and say something else, like see a tree, say banana. <laughs> but I went back to work because the principal called me and she said, I've held the job for you. The kids love you and they miss you. Come back. So I did. And the kids were amazing. Even the ones the teachers would say, watch out for this one. He's trouble. He's going to pull every string he can. They were the ones that helped me the most and made sure the class stayed in order. And they would help me by coming in first thing in the morning to find out what the teacher had left me for notes for the day. And they would write it on the board for me because I was learning how to write with my left hand. I was, was a right-handed person. And they would mm -hmm. read out what they were writing because I still couldn't read. So they wow. would read it, write it, help me out. And in classes, kids normally do not like to read out loud. No, but they, they did. Don't. But they did. And they did it so that I could follow along. And I started noticing certain words that I could pick out. And when I was at home, I pulled out all my children's books from when my kids were little, and I started reading them. 
picture word, picture word. I could figure it out that way. And I moved myself up little by little to harder books. So finally, in, in 2020, five years after my stroke, I read Christopher Paolini's Brissinger. It's a huge book. It's yeah. one of a series, and it's where I had stopped the series to work on the farm. So it was quite an achievement. And at that point, COVID hit, and I was uh -huh. laid off from school. The kids keep in touch with me on my phone through Facebook, but I didn't have a job. So my daughter said, Mom, go back to college. Yeah. I said, wow, okay. I applied to Southern University of New Hampshire, and they accepted me, and I started the classes, and they were very difficult. I would write an essay. I'd get halfway through, I'd need a drink or something, and I'd forgotten what I'd written already, or I'd get to the end of it, wanted to reread it, see if there's something I forgot or needed to add in, and I'd look at it and say, wow, I wrote this? because I had no recollection of it through time and pushing and pushing and not letting myself fall into depression too badly. I managed to start remembering. And then all of a sudden a floodgate opened up and my memory came back. It was because I was using it and pushing it. Yeah. And it was just the most wonderful thing in the world. So I figured, okay, now I can go out and get a job. I don't want to be on disability anymore. I want to be a contributing member of society. And nobody has hired me yet. Two years into yeah. it. They see the fact that I'm 59. So they would think, well, okay, maximum we'll have her for six to 10 years. Not a long-term person. Okay. Sometimes they can deal with that because they're used to the coming and going of employees. A lot of times yeah, employees don't stay with people. Retention is bad. Especially nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. But they look at me with a disability. First off, they say the insurance won't let us hire you. Yeah. Okay. What if I have my own insurance? No, we just don't want to do it. And they see me as half a person because my right arm does not work more than lifting my shoulder up yeah. and I walk with a cane, which ties up my one hand that I can use. So I can't carry things unless I have a bag or something. I mean, everything is possible. Everything can be done for the people like me who have aphasia. The ones who can't talk, they can still listen. They can still, how do I do this? Let's see. When I couldn't talk in the beginning, I was given my phone and I had to go back and learn how to play some games that I played, but I noticed that I could write what I was feeling because the pathways in your brain that go to your hand aren't the same pathways that go to your mouth. Oh, yeah. So typing in the in my phone, I could write to people. I could talk to people when I couldn't speak it, I could write it and then give them my phone and they could see what I was talking about. I would get spellings wrong. Sometimes the wrong word would come out, but mostly I could express what I was feeling. Yeah. 
And a lot of people don't know that and they don't try it with the stroke person. So in a business that deals with computers, they are probably amazing at it because I can figure everything out that I need to. If I don't know it, I'll look it up, read it, figure it out. And because they can't speak, they're shut out completely. And sometimes, how many times do you need to actually hold a conversation except maybe in meetings? And then they can type it on their phone or write it. Some people can write out things that they can't say. It's funny, the brain, if you use it and keep pushing it, like any muscle, it grows. It gets better and better, like with speaking, because the kids pushed me, because they would finish my sentences. And they didn't talk down to me. They were amazed that I could do these things. They would come on their periods off and sit with me in class or on my periods off and read to me and talk to me. And they didn't let me stop getting better, stop recovering, because the doctors had given up on me after a year. Everybody wow. else gave up on me because the doctors said I couldn't get anything back. But those kids didn't know, and they didn't want to know what the doctors said. They just wanted me to get back to me, and they helped. Wow. Yeah. What a blessing that that was for you. Uh, how was your, was your family's, your family wasn't there with you because they were what in Colorado, right? So you didn't really have a much of a support system at home. Uh, I did so that... have a partner at that point. Oh, okay. He was very good with me and uh, he would come okay. every day to Burlington and yeah, he was okay. wonderful. Okay. Okay. So you had that and then you had those kids, which that was, I think, w without that, you, you, you wouldn't be, you and I wouldn't be talking, I don't think. No. And so what are some of the other things that aphasia uh, affects? Um, uh, we were talking before, before you warned me that you, you might stutter, uh, but what are some of the other things that, um, that aphasia affects? Anger. Anger? Yes. You can't express yourself and it might be something simple and everybody kind of talks over you because of that. And you oh. get this anger growing in you and you just don't know how to express it because it's, it, well, you can't express it. So you make fists and you get mad at people and you, I couldn't scream actually, um, couldn't sing either back then, but <laughs> You just, you walk into a room and shut the door and sit there and you get so depressed because you think you're worthless because you can't speak because nobody wants to take the time to listen because it takes you much longer to formulate a sentence and they talk fast and sometimes it becomes hard to process. If you have more than one person talking, like your brother has problems processing. So do I, but one-on-one -on -one I can process, but I can't necessarily speak quickly enough and they just yeah. walk away or it, it just gets frustrating. And the best thing you can do, curl up in bed. If you have a dog, like I have a dog, curl up with the animal, 
cat, whatever, and go to sleep. When you wake up the next day, think, wow, I'm here again. Okay, let's go at it again. Let's keep going. Yeah. It, everything you think of in the morning can color your day. If you're a boss and you get a your son or daughter spills stuff all over and you're kind of in a grumpy mood, how many times do you carry that grumpiness into the office when you're dealing with people? Yeah. Well, that happens with us too. It's the same thing. The best thing to do is shake it off and just go at it and look at it as this is a new minute. The hour I just went through is over with and done. Okay, let's make the rest work. Yeah, when you were telling me about the anger, I was thinking about my brother and I started to get a little emotional because um, my my oldest brother, David, I told you, uh, he he could he never could speak. He he could he could um, make some utterances and and he would say anyway. He you know he would you know those ejaculations of of uh, things that he he would just say or or whatever or something like that. So he could talk a little bit, but he couldn't form sentences, and he would be so he would cry and he would be so upset and and. Uh, Gosh, that was just, and he was, and he was a brilliant, out of all of us, he was the smartest, you know, and, uh, and I know that he, his brain was fully functional. It just, his body wasn't, and that, that's like a prison. Uh, it's, it's, I think those kids are, are, are heroes. They are heroes that, uh, that helped you come to this, this point. And then, and now you're an author, and you wrote this book. Uh, Tippy is the name of your dog, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the book and, and why I did you choose to, that? I wanted to get back to the genre that helps me gain back my ability to read. And actually, in the beginning uh -huh. of it, I have the, a dedication to the kids because uh -huh. without them, it never would be. And yeah. it's an amazing thing. I like it. Of course, I did write it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I found a wonderful publisher, Austin McCauley, and they looked at the book and they said, okay, let's do it. And they put it out for me. They have the second book, Tippy Goes to California, oh. in production right now. Oh. This is a learning series. It's a series that teaches kids about not only our own states, but about countries, because they get to fly there and meet the people that live there yeah plus they can fly over and look oh there's iowa there's yep, arizona they do that oh, and yeah. i have a map in the book itself actually for them to draw where saren goes and it tells over what states she's been or what countries she's been uh-huh oh nice and that's doing well or the uh the first book tippy's doing well i think so i don't know yeah they'll tell me in about six months Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you're also a volunteer editor. How's that? Uh, how does that work? And what, how does that look? How, how does that look and work for you? It's wonderful. Unfortunately, right now we're on hiatus because the uh, lead editor is in Israel. So oh. we've stopped for one of our quarters, but it's been wonderful learning all the different things that you 
need to do to be an editor. What I do is take a piece of, well, it can be prose, can be poetry, and I have to format it to get it into the Bzine papers or pages because you can't just take something, copy and paste it. It doesn't work. You have to write it out. And we make it so that the author is happy. We try very hard to keep their um, their design. I'm a bad one for that because I, I do pictures in my poetry, which is very hard to translate to the, the, um, uh, the, ah, there is, hey. here goes that aphasia, the um, computer program that we use. Oh, okay. But it has been absolutely wonderful. It's just a small international um, e-zine. But the main editor was doing it all for, by himself. And I said, you know, if you help me and teach me how, I'll just volunteer and help you out. And he said, oh. okay. So I've been doing it since February. Oh, Are you doing any any freelance editing for anybody? And would you consider doing that? No, not yet? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. And what kinds of uh, what this easing uh, that easing you called it? What what is the topic? It has a different topic every quarter, and it works around peace. And um, we we don't do anything on war, except talking about what people are experiencing. Yeah. But we're not political. Uh huh. So it's, um, if I had a printout here, I could tell you what the four seasons, four quarters were, but I don't remember offhand. Right, right, right. That's very interesting. That's, that is one, one side hustle that you, that a disabled person who did have uh, the ability to, um, some, some mobility, some, the ability to operate a computer and to, uh, and, and had some, you know, some grammar, grammarly chops. I, I use Grammarly. Are you familiar with Grammarly? Very much. So. Oh my gosh. It's a lifesaver for me because I type really fast and I edit as I type uh, and I forget the periods and I forget the commas, but I'm, I'm just flowing what I'm writing. And so uh, I, I go back and edit it as I go. Cause I want to get the ideas down, but it's really super helpful. And I'll say, simplify this you know and it's really helpful with uh with my podcast too because i can help simplify we were talking about titles earlier it, it helps me with with that kind of thing so um you exemplify and i'm inspired by you and i hope our listeners are too uh you exemplify the entrepreneurial uh, spirit of perseverance what mindsets or daily habits fueled your motivation to keep making progress every single day? Well, first off, of course, like always, the first thought in your mind when you wake up should be a happy one. And I always say, thank you, Lord, I'm here, let's yeah. go. And then every day I try to do what I did before the stroke. This morning I made scones because I mm. wanted them for breakfast. And I do computer work and I do a lot of reading and writing and podcasts like with you, Paul. Yeah. And it's just by keeping your mind active, you don't drop into depression, which I did have a problem with in the middle. 
because yeah. I couldn't express all the things I wanted to, or I'd get home from a day with the kids and I'd get back to silence and I couldn't speak well anyway, but being alone is very difficult. My partner moved on because there were things romantically that I can no longer do. And that was something he needed. And it's okay because he is happy now. And I'm actually quite happy just being able to do my own thing and not worry about someone else. And for the first time in my life, I have a dream. Instead yeah. of trying to make everybody else's dreams come true, I have a dream to come true. And it's exciting. And so your dream, what is your dream? To spread the word that stroke does not have to stop you or define you, that you can rise up from it and fight your way back. And it is not easy. It's painful. But when I look at the people who have given up, they can't do anything except sit there and watch TV. And I couldn't do that. And there are a lot of us who just... We want to do more. We don't want to waste what life we have been given. The good Lord only gives us so much. Yeah. And yet he's done this to me on purpose. And that's a good thing. I don't mind it at all. Stemming from my childhood with abuse, childhood abuse from an adoptive, adoptive parent, which led me to not have my own dreams, but help everybody else's dreams come true. So in a way, I am still working for others, but I'm trying to make a difference, make people see that we are regular people. We are people who have wonderful brains like your brother, but he wasn't given a chance and in the workforce. I, was, I haven't been given a chance other than substitute teaching and teaching. Um, and editing. And editing. Now editing, yep. Yeah. But I'd like yeah. to get to the point where I can go all over the world and spread the word because stroke does not stop at borders. It is throughout the whole, whole world. One in three people experience traumatic brain injury or stroke. And they need to know that it, it, can be something that is a blessing because all of a sudden you stop thinking of everything else and you focus on you and what you want. And to people who have businesses, we are not handicapped. We have all our facilities in our brain. We just are disabled. There was one something in our body that has become unable to do what it should do, like my arm. That does not mean my mind is not good and I can converse with people now. And even if I couldn't, I can use a computer or if I can yeah. talk, but yet I can't move. I can still use the computer because you can have voice activation and talk on the computer. So yeah. there is no reason to look at us differently than anyone else. We still go shopping. We still make our our um, our meals and we do our dishes and make our beds in the morning. We do it all. Just 
a little bit slower. But yet, a little bit slower can sometimes mean that you take time to write down what you really mean in a deeper sense than someone who is flying through and just doing it to get it done. We put yeah. more into our work because we can think of it a little bit slower. Wow. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> it sure does. And I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, we talked before the show and, and, and uh, people don't want to hire people with disabilities uh, for, for many, many reasons, you know, and, and you're, and you're, you're, you're unique to some, uh, someone in their thirties could have the same problem uh, and, and it might be, might not be their age, but it might be this other thing. And, and so I think in some ways that's, that's discriminatory. Uh, but I do think, and I hope the listeners here that are listening on the, on the show today, uh, the entrepreneurs out there who, uh, who need uh, virtual assistance and helping with their editing and with their scheduling and with their copywriting and uh, uh, those kinds of things, organizing, uh, those are things that you can do that for people that uh, that you're perfectly capable of doing. And you just want to be useful and can and contribute and uh you know just have some self-value and you do you're you're god's children god's child of course you have you have an extreme amount of value uh you know you're totally unique and these circumstances make you even more unique you know and and you are in spite it, it's inspiration because of that perseverance, perseverance. I mean, I, I, I've known some people who have really overcome a lot and you certainly are one of them. And I, it comes to mind when with both of my brothers, they really didn't have a support system. They didn't have anybody around them like you uh, or like those kids that said, oh no, we're not, no, 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 no. You're not going to give up. You're not going to, uh, you're not going to just be a vegetable. You're not going to be just sitting there watching TV or reading books. You here, we need you. We want you in our lives. We, you know, people, people need that inspiration, especially when they've gone through what you've gone through, having somebody to lift them up. And I think being a motivational speaker is, is right up your alley. And, uh, I think anybody listening out here, you should have her on your podcast to help inspire your audiences, uh, because that's a uh, because uh, I think you will. Uh, so let's see what else we have here today. Um, knowing your strengths and weaknesses is important in business and in life. How did you reset your own expectations around your abilities and leverage your strengths? I didn't set limits. Yeah. I just kept pushing. If you give yourself limits, then you stop and you don't continue to grow. So no limits, still no limits. <laughs> um, it's important just to be able to do what you used to do in some way, not the same way, but some way. Sometimes it takes you weeks to figure out how to do it, but then it clicks and you say, oh, why didn't I think of that to start out with? That there are ways to do everything. I do all my gardening. I move huge rocks with my one hand. I learned how to crochet again with oh, my one hand. Yeah. 
I make these dragons. I love dragons. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I give them away when I ha when when I will have a book signing. I haven't yet. I will have some scarves there for the kids to win. They get to put their name in a bucket and I pull the names and they get a scarf. Wow. So, what comes to mind to me is I'm a, I'm a right handy, a right hander. And uh, I'm in, I'm in the IT business and uh, in marketing and I help a lot of people use their computers, but I help them use them to to be more productive, to to you know to make sales, to you know be profitable. I don't, I'm not like a computer fixer uh, per se, but I use a computer a lot. I write a lot. I do a lot of stuff with my hands, and when I come to a, somebody's workstation that has a, that's a lefty, I it's like I don't know how to use the computer at all. I mean how. That must have been really challenging for you to to learn how to use your left hand. It was because my left hand is used to sitting by the side of the road, watching the right hand do everything. Yeah. But I had learned typing back way back when I was in sixth grade. Yeah. So I know where all the keys are. So it's not as slow as it could be. I'm not a one fingered person typing out. Yeah. But I still had to learn how to oh my gosh if something's falling i would look at it until i started realizing i got to get the left hand doing it if a pen rolls off of the desk i can catch it, it it's just the little things that you learn how to redo and my dad bless his heart he was a war veteran from world war ii down in the philippines uh -huh. he was a left-hander and back in the 20s, when he was born and first started school, he would get slapped on his left hand with a ruler because all kids were supposed to be right-handed. Right-handed, yeah. Yep. But in junior high, he was allowed to go back to left-handed. So he'd say, see, now you know what it's like to be a lefty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... So. What are what what is one key insight you've gained that you feel would be invaluable for entrepreneurs, especially and for stroke victims, that um, on their own journeys of turning challenges into opportunities? Never give up on them, and don't cut don't cut them short. Don't belittle them. Test them. They don't mind. I don't mind. I would test me too if I saw me coming. I know that I do work slower, but I do work more thoroughly. And just by challenging them, if you choose to work with them, by challenging them, they will become better than what you expect. And it will both, it will, I forget the word. Oh boy. It'll make them feel better, actually. It'll <laughs> boost their boost their happiness when yeah. they realize they can do this. And you will be amazed with what they come out with. Well, I'm amazed with uh, with your journey and getting to know you. Uh, we we talked a couple of times now, 
and uh, we uh, we had some kind of a brainstorming session, and you've you've really you've really taken off with uh, with some of the things that you're doing, and I'm impressed with the book and with your speaking and uh, the opportunities that you've got ahead of you. I think you can make your own path. I think you, as an entrepreneur, you are you're already there. You're you're an author uh, and speaker. And uh, I think there's there's a world of opportunity at 59 left for you. Uh, what are your with as we wrap up, Jan, with our final words, your final words? What are three things our listeners can do today to put these ideas into actions? Don't give up on yourself or a family member if they are the ones who are struggling. Right. Give us a chance. That's the biggest thing because we want to do more. We don't want to sit and just be a vegetable. Right. And trust your heart. Your heart won't let you down. God brings these people into your path for a reason. Don't doubt. Give us a shot. And what was the third one? Give that us a shot. <laughs> Give us a shot. Yeah, give us yeah. a shot. Believe, trust yourself, and believe in yourself. Yeah, I I think we should give you give uh, people a shot, and there are opportunities in the uh, you know there's a lot of side hustle kind of things going on these days, uh, so there's a lot of opportunity. You just you, you have to have some positivity around you. Uh, uh, I applaud those kids. They I think they save your life. I really do. I really do. So um, I feel so lucky to have them in my life. Yeah, I I, I bet you do. Uh, so you can reach out to uh, to Jan Jan Burrell at thundercrestbooks.com. That's www.thundercrestbooks.com, uh, and grab a copy of Tippy's New Friend on Amazon. And oh, there it is, Tippy's New Friend. Tippy's the dog. And she loves dragons. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. Uh, and remember, faith and action go hand in hand. So put the pedal to the metal. And until next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show, I'm Paul Guyon and Janet Burrell. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure meeting you and having you on the show. Thank you. A pleasure too. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Lead Machine Growth Show with Paul Guyon, where we show you how to tackle your tech master your message and design your dream so that you can transform your vision into reality. Remember to visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show.